Hey, it's May 8th, and this is the Sunday edition of CNN Five Things. I'm David Rind. What do we want? Abortion rights! What do we want? Now! Your sign says abortion is pro life. Ask me how. Okay, well, I, I'm admitting something that I've never admitted in public. It's been nearly a week since we heard that Politico had obtained a draft Supreme Court opinion that would strike down the landmark abortion ruling Roe versus Wade and fundamentally reshape American life as we know it. And what's really struck me about the days that followed were the amount of women who came forward to share their intimate, personal stories about abortion, stories they may have been keeping inside for years. But in 1979, I had an abortion. I was 21. And I now have two grown, adult, wonderful, successful children that would not exist if I had had a child and had not had an abortion back in 1979. And I think that's as pro-life as you can get. And while the court confirmed that this document is the real deal, it's crucial to note that this draft opinion is just that, a draft. The language of the opinion could change, the justices who vote for it could shift. We're just going to have to wait until the official ruling comes down in late June. But in the meantime, it's obvious that women and abortion providers have real, visceral fears about what this means for abortion access in this country. This isn't going to stop abortion. Making it illegal doesn't stop it. It just stops safe abortion, and it just keeps women from having a safe way to make a health decision. A post-Roe reality is something abortion rights opponents have been working towards for decades. And experts say some states are already getting a bit of a preview. Let's spend five minutes with CNN's Ariane DeVogue. She covers all things Supreme Court for us. Ariane, first of all, just to be clear, Roe versus Wade is still very much the law of the land. Nothing about abortion access has changed for the moment. But what happens next if anything close to this draft opinion comes to pass? Well, you're absolutely right. Nothing is final right now. This was a draft opinion, but it was a very broad opinion. And Alito, he said there's no right under the Constitution. And he himself said that the issue now would go back to the states. Hmm. And that's bad for supporters of abortion rights, because, of course, already nearly half the states either ban or will ban the procedure. We've heard about these trigger laws, right, that if Roe goes away, these kind of come into place. Can you explain how that works? Right. Well, some of these states had laws actually on the books that predated Roe. And so they obviously weren't in effect, but they'd go back into effect if Roe uh, was wiped off the books. Mm. Other states have, like you said, trigger laws. And that means that if Roe were to be uh, reversed, then in those states with the trigger law, it would trigger a law that banned abortion. A seismic shift on abortion rights. But keep in mind, already there are restrictive laws on the books. For instance, at the stroke of midnight, the most restrictive abortion law in the country went into effect in Texas. Abortion has already come to a standstill in Texas because Texas passed this unusual law uh, that barred abortion after six weeks. Six weeks before most women even know they are pregnant. And it made it really hard to challenge. The Supreme Court allowed it to go into effect. And now doctors in that state are too afraid, for the most part, to do the procedure. Right, because because, they can be sued, right? Right. That's why they're nervous. And now Oklahoma has just passed what's called a copycat law, absolutely copying the Texas law. Mm. And other states are sure to follow suit. Under a Tennessee law passed in 2019, 
If the U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, this state will then ban abortion 30 days after the ruling is issued. Governor Ron DeSantis signing a 15-week abortion ban into law without exemptions for rape, incest, or human trafficking. In Louisiana, lawmakers are pushing a bill that would classify abortions as homicides. And what's your biggest concern going forward for the women of Oklahoma? We know that this will affect the low-income woman who simply can't afford to have another child, largely because And of course, of the impact here is mostly on poor women. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg, before she died, she used to be asked, what would happen if Roe was ever overturned? And she said, well, that would mean that women without the means to travel over state lines mm. in order to obtain the procedure, they would be the ones who are impacted. Um, we have very few abortion providers in Oklahoma, and those that do still exist are, of course, right now um, overburdened by folks coming in from Texas. And, and it would clog clinics. Like take, for example, Texas. Now, a lot of people went over state lines uh, in order to get the procedure. Well, that clogs clinics in those states, meaning people who live in those states can't get them. Oh, so even if Roe were overturned, the states that still allow abortions, you're saying, could see an influx of people coming to their states. And by effect, that makes it harder for people to get an abortion even in those states where it's allowed. Absolutely. That would be the impact. And then you're seeing also new kinds of laws. So California, Connecticut and Illinois as well um, are passing laws to protect you know, providers from being extradited to other states where abortion would be outlawed. What about if a state says you can't go to another state in order to get an abortion? Oh. Those are the things we're seeing coming down the pike. Right. So just huge ranging impacts if this were to happen. Let's talk about the court. And for decades, it seemed like Roe was just completely set in stone. All the you know justices that were coming in said this was basically super precedent. It's just not you know going to change easily. But if Roe does get rolled back here, are there other major cases that have that kind of super precedent status that could be in jeopardy? Right. That's exactly right. Because Alito, in that draft opinion, he tried to wall off abortion. He said, look, this is different. Roe v. Wade is different because it has to do with potential life. And this opinion, he said in a couple of areas, is only about Roe. But legal experts, they look at a line of cases that have the same sort of legal reasoning based in issues like privacy and liberty. And they say other cases could be in jeopardy. For instance, the right to interracial marriage, uh, the right to contraceptive, also the right to same-sex marriage. That mm. was so recent. And already that group is really concerned because they know that Alito dissented in that case. And now they feel like after uh, Roe goes, uh, the conservatives will take aim at that particular case. And what about current cases before the court? You know, we're waiting for all these opinions and all these other big cases besides Roe. Does the leak and all the political posturing around the court impact those deliberations happening right now? Well, not only is this opinion itself an earthquake because it's overturning a 50-year precedent, but the very fact uh, that it leaked, even if it's not final, that just shattered the court. The court, you know, they build their entire um, process on 
keeping things quiet, keeping their work product so that they can have frank discussions with each other. Drafts do go between chambers. For instance, this this draft might go to another justice who might say, look, I can't sign on to it unless you change the words on page five or something. So it's mm. a big drafting process. And that's why this has had such a huge impact and will have such a huge impact because it affects how the justices deliberate. And it comes at this fraught time because not only are they still working on the abortion case, right? They're still working on the final opinion, but there's other huge cases in the docket. And that includes a case on the Second Amendment, uh, cases on the environment, religious liberty. So here, these justices who have been stunned by this leak that's never happened in such a way before, like this, an entire opinion, now they have to sort of sit around a conference room and have faith that their deliberations for the rest of the term are going to remain confidential. I can't tell you enough what a big deal this is for the Supreme Court. The other branches, leaks happen all the time. It just doesn't happen at the Supreme Court. Ariane DeVogue covering the Supreme Court for us. Thanks so much. Thank you. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Here's something else happening this week. Tomorrow is Victory Day in Russia. That's the day the country celebrates its victory over the Nazis in World War II, and Western officials believe it could be a significant moment in the country's invasion of Ukraine. There are many possibilities at play here, but U.S. and Western officials believe that President Vladimir Putin could officially declare war on Ukraine. Remember, he's only been calling it a, quote, special military operation. The formal declaration would allow Russia to call up more troops as it struggles on the battlefield. The Sunday edition of CNN Five Things is produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Mohammed Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. And the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. Remember, our team will have real-time updates on the Supreme Court draft opinion on the war in Ukraine for you all week long right here wherever you listen. I'm David Rind. I'll talk to you next time.